0: A rather lengthy uh, passage, but I think it's one that's familiar, number one, and one that I think will help us prepare for today. The book of Matthew, chapter 25. Matthew, chapter 25. Matthew, chapter 25. Yeah. And we're going to be looking at verses 14, really through 30. And I'm going to ask different individuals to read different sections. So we're going to start off with verse 14 through verse 18. And once you have it, please say amen. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 14. Matthew 25, starting with verse 14. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And so anybody can pick up verse 14 and read 14 through 18, and then we'll switch up. Anyone want to pick that up for us? Verse 14 through 18. Go right ahead.
1: And I'm reading out of the new... new, What am I reading out of? The NIV. Okay. Okay. One with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money.
0: All right. Somebody else pick up verse 19 and 20. Anyone? 19 and 20. Amen. 19 and 20. Yes, sir.
1: King James Version, verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more.
0: Go ahead and read verse 21.
1: His Lord said unto him, Well done, Mm -hmm. thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord.
0: All right. Somebody pick up verse 22 through tw- and 23.
1: He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said to him, unto him, well done, good and faithful ser- uh, servant. Thou has been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord.
0: All right. Now, I need somebody to pick up those next uh, couple of verses. Who's got that? Who has it? That's fine. Okay. Go ahead.
1: Then Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man. Harvesting where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid, and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is where it belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I return, I would have it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10, bags for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does does not have even what they have will be taken from them and throw their worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm.
0: All right. Thus ends the reading of the word of God. Again, that's Matthew chapter 25 verses 14. Through 30, and that's a very familiar passage, and one to which there's only one word in there that speaks to what we're going to talk about today. But I wanted to give us an overview of just a few terms and a few items that are in that scripture that we can lift up and help us with this last of the deadly sins we're going to talk about today. Is that all right? There's a few terms in there, I hope some of y'all caught that we're going to talk about today. Uh, but before we get started, let us bow. Uh, we do want to uh, take today's service to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just bless you for today. Uh, thank you for these, your servants, who have come out, God, to hear and to search your word. I pray even now that you might prepare us a sanctuary, that the words of my mouth, God, and the, and the scriptures and all that that goes forth today might fall on good ground today. God, I bless your name that we have come to study, to show ourselves to prove unto God. Work me. And work women that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so today, God, we pray that you put this sword underneath us as a foundation that we may be able to build our life on. Not tomorrow, but starting right. Now We bless you now, God, for even those who wish they could be here, those who are listening to us online right now. God, we don't know where they are. We don't know what they're doing, but we know that because they're connected to us, that they're going to be blessed by what you're about to do in this place. So, therefore, we have a yet praise for what you're going to do in touching someone who needs to be touched today, healing a body that needs to be healed today, peace in the mind that needs to be granted today, God. We bless you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. And so I wanted y'all to do me at least one favor before y'all get too comfortable. Stand up, find at least three people, and give them a great big hug and tell them I'm hugging you because I love you. All right? Do that. I'm hugging Hugging you because I love you. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm hugging you because I love you. Yes. All right. right. Some folks don't get hugs all day long. All right. All right. Let me come over here. I'm going to come over here. Here's my partner. I'm hugging you because I love you. Yes. 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 Hugging you because I I love 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 you. you. Yeah. I love everybody. And to those who are listening online right now, we love you too. Uh, Wish you could be here with us. Praise God. But we understand that's why we do what we do virtually. We do what we do online because we do realize that there are people who are sitting in cubicles right now listening to us, people in their cars, some folk on their way. And so we want y'all to know we love you too. Even though you can't be here with us physically, we know you are here with us spiritually. Last time I checked, God was omnipresent. <laughs> Last time I checked, he was everywhere. And so since the spirit of God is everywhere, then we believe that what we're doing can be everywhere. We can pray for folk all the way uh, down in Methodist Hospital. Show sure enough, Sister Ruth Moore, we're praying for her. Yes, yes. We got a report on her today. She is still with us, uh, but the family has made a decision uh, to kind of keep things moving uh, with her. Uh, And so we're praying for them right now. And we're just kind of laying in wait uh, to see what the doctors say about Sister Ruth Moore. Those who know her, Uh, she's 88 years old, lived a good life and has an extremely large and strong family that's hanging around with her. We had an opportunity to go pray with her. And y'all know some of y'all know I can't sing, but I try. You know, and so I went on up in there and tried to sing a little tune with her and she twitched and smiled and all that good stuff. So praise God for Sister Ruth a roof more, and we'll continue to be praying for her and praying for that family as they go through uh, this test uh, that we know will result in a testimony. Amen. 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 All right. Let's get moving today. Uh, as some of y'all know, uh, we uh, are in this series. Of uh, the seven deadly sins. There are a couple people. If you didn't get this, let me know. I've only got a couple of these left. So y'all one flesh right here. So y'all get one. One flesh. They get one. And I'll give you one. These are some scriptures. These are some. I'm going to give you this one. These are some scriptures from uh, that uh, we've been dealing with. And also that visual down there at the bottom that helps us understand sort of how people look. At some of the other sins, you see the sins of excess, which are gluttony and lust and greed. And then we see the sin of maliciousness, which are pride, wrath and envy. And then you see this one other sin of deficiency. Somebody say deficiency. Ooh, the sin of deficiency, which is what? Somebody tell me what that is. What does it say? Say it out loud. Huh? No. What what does it say at the bottom? Yeah. Say it again. Wow. All right. That's not one of words we run into all the time. You don't turn on the on the six o'clock news and hear, you know, reports about people going to jail for sloth. Right. <laughs> you know, you don't get you know, you you don't get a lot of sermons on today. We're going to preach on sloth. Folk can't even pronounce it. But today we're talking about sloth and and avariciousness which is another term that people use. I hope y'all got something to write on or to write with so I can keep up with some of this stuff. But as y'all know, last week we talked about uh, that big one, gluttony. Last couple of weeks we talked about gluttony. I had a real good time with envy, y'all. We talked about envy. I think we talked about it for a couple of weeks uh, envy and, and talking about the difference between envy and jealousy and how envy is that silent sin that nobody wants to talk, talk about. People don't tell you, well, I, you know, I got an envy problem. You know, nobody tell you that. All right. They don't tell you that unless two people are in agreement about the object of the envy. If we agree about the object of the envy, we'll talk about our envy problem all day long. But most often, envy is that one that we, you see, it's really little down there. It's really little. We don't talk about envy a lot, okay? But envy is one of those silent sins that a lot of folk participate in, and you don't know it. You, don't, you have no idea uh, that other people are envious of you, or, or sometimes it creeps up and And you have to identify the feeling that you get when when you don't stack up to somebody in your presence. Right. When you measure yourself up against somebody that walks in a room because of God has blessed them. And you begin to ask the question, well, what's wrong with me, God? How come you bless them with this and how come you bless them and further their career and further their life and bless their family? How come what's what's wrong with me? And then we begin to plot and plan and manipulate and do things in our head to try to make ourselves feel better because we don't stack up all right and so self-esteem plays a critical role in envy if you if you don't know who you are in Christ and it's very easy to have somebody else make you feel bad because of your current state and then of course we talked about gluttony and gluttony is that popular sin okay gluttony is that popular sin uh the slim fast and the uh, the Jenny Craig's and the Lifetime Fitness, right? And the Planet Fitness and you know all of those things that are Tybo and Zumba and all that stuff. They make their money off of, off of the physical aspect of gluttony people eating too much or ingesting too much. But then y'all know I turned some people off uh, last week because I, I know I made some folk mad because I started talking about uh, them, them illegal drugs, I start talking about alcohol. Right. The Bible talks a lot about drinking alcohol and becoming drunk. And it talks a lot about the sin uh, that can happen if you find yourself in that space. Right. We talked about some scriptures on last week about that. So gluttony is not just about food. There are some folk who are are listening to me right now who, you know, you need to put the cigarettes down and you need to put the marijuana down and you need to put. Y'all get what I'm saying? okay? because bottom line is, is when you become wrapped in a cycle of gluttony, you are masking a bigger problem. We talked about that gluttony is not gluttony for gluttony's sake. Gluttony is an indication that you got a situation someplace that you ain't dealing with. you sad and you eat. You're angry and you eat. you disappointment and you drink, right? You're frustrated and you go get some a Budweiser, okay? So what we got to do is we have to go back and touch the truth of that thing and say, Where do I have some issues in my life that I don't I don't have a strategy to deal with so that I don't run to that gluttonous gluttonous escape Mm -hmm. because I've been disappointed at work. Right. Or somebody made me mad. You know, my wife made me mad. So I'm going to go to the bar. Uh, That's not a good out. (laughs) What happens when you get drunk? The potential you hit somebody and kill somebody, find yourself in prison. Chance you kill yourself. Right. Can't chances you anybody anybody ever uh, grow up in a situation where you knew somebody in your household when they got drunk on the weekends. It was a different house.
1: Amen.
0: During the week, it was great. But on the weekends, different house. I had a guy in college, man. He was great, smart, intelligent, bright during the week. <laughs> he was all that during the week. But then on the weekends, when it was time to party, what happened? Started drinking. All right. And it was so bad that he put a bullet through his girlfriend's head. Okay, And then what happens Then he ends up going to prison. Right. Separated from his family, separated from society. Bright, intelligent, articulate young man. He was a vice president of Black Student Association. I mean, great future ahead of him. But on the weekends, gluttony. Now, I don't know what touched it off, but that's not the point. The point is, is that. Whatever it was, he wasn't dealing with it. Amen. He wasn't dealing with it. Amen. And they found her in bathtub at, at a bathtub at an after party. You know, sent shockwaves through the entire campus. Couldn't believe it. I remember when I got the phone call and they told me, I said, I said, please let me know she's okay. No, she has gone. She's dead. All right. Now, here's two people. I talked about it last week. Gluttony can threaten your future. Two people, bright futures. Both of them gone. Things happen. So, so, so the sin of excess of gluttony can really mess up a person's life. But bottom line is, it is all about the truth. And, and do I have any witnesses? The truth hurts. Amen. Right? Amen. But, but I would rather live underneath the truth than to live a lie. Amen? I'd rather live under the truth than to live, uh, live a lie. And, and so we need to deal with that. So today, let us move on. To what what is it today? Hmm? Today? Sloth, 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 sloth avarice.ness <laughs> pick, pick your word, whichever one you want to use. But sloth is today's topic and we're going to go through this. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about it. Let's start uh, in this parable of the talents because it is at one word and we have to make a distinction here. It is at one word, verse twenty six. Depending on your, uh, your version, look at verse 26. Somebody read from the King James what it says in verse 26. Just, just read till I tell you to stop. Verse 26. Somebody read it from King James. Verse 26. 26. Uh-huh. What does it say? His
1: Lord answered and said unto him, thou wicked and slothful
0: servant. Stop. He said, thou wicked and what? Slothful. slothful. Now, it depends on the version that you have. Some of y'all are looking at the word lazy. All right. But when we break down the word slothful, we'll find that there is a difference between lazy and sloth. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Now, y'all are saying, all right, Pastor G, we'll explain it to me. Are y'all ready? The Greek word translated from sloth is a word called Acadia. 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 A-K-E-D-I-A, A-K-A. What did I say? (laughs) A K E D I A. All right. And this is the Greek derivation of that word. The A stands for without or absence, the absence of A. Okay. Y'all heard the word atypical without typical. All right. The absence of something typical. All right. The A stands for uh, the absence of. Kados stands for care. Without care. The absence of care. You know anybody don't care? <laughs> yeah. You ever ask a young person a question, they go, oh. And that gives you a sense of, don't you care? Oh. Alright? So some, some of you young folk go through them little, what do you call those little uh, they go through those uh, cycles or seasons or whatever, there's a word for it. Uh, when a child goes through something, you can't wait till they get out of it. What, does it go, what do you call it? No, yeah, it's, they call it terrible too, but the, the the kids go through these different stages, right? And you just can't wait till they get out of some of them, you know? Yeah, yeah, they got these little stages, like terrible twos, one, whatever, and kids, I don't know, somehow they get into them early teen stages and they got to, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Everything they say is uh and like and like. You just can't wait till they get out of it, right? And care, that to us that translates into don't you care? When I ask you a question, don't you care that you don't know the answer or don't you care? Do we know anybody that doesn't care? All right? And so slothfulness, the very derivation of the word is the absence of care. In other words, it's a meaning in other words, it's, it's, it's a meaning that that somebody is indifferent or watch this. This is the best word. Negligent. Negligent, meaning that meaning that, that that in one sense, they have something that is good and they neglect it. They have something that is beneficial, but they dropped it. And they seem like they just didn't care. Right. And so you, you're careful when you put the hand when you put valuable things in the hands of people who are slothful, because if they're slothful, chances are they're going to drop it because they don't care. They're negligent. Does that make sense? OK, so slothfulness is not just lazy. It's not just inactivity. It's not just chilling and hanging out. Slothfulness is is not just somebody who's standing still. Slothfulness is negligence. It's it's in this scripture a man says, I gave, the the traveler says, I gave you something of value and you dropped it. I believe, worse in this case, he buried it. (laughs) Did he not? He didn't just drop it. He intentionally buried it, did he not? Okay so the first thing i want us to understand is that slothfulness is a negligence now here's here's the deeper sense of slothfulness is that slothfulness is a slothfulness uh, is not just a matter of being negligent but it's also taking another step negligent with your spirit okay negligent with how you handle or where you put or where you place your spiritual, you know, self. Does that make sense? Y'all do know we, we're not just physical body, but we also have a spirit, right? All right. Now, oh, Jesus, if I, if I, um, 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 um geez, uh, I don't have an example, but just imagine, I, I, I saw this the other day, uh, just imagine, uh, if I had a string, I'm looking for like maybe a string or something like that or a rope or something. But if you had a string and, and I was holding on to the end of that string right here. And that string went on around there and it went around the room and went around the back. And then that string went out the front door. You see, that's a long string, isn't it? Right? And the string went down the street and the string just kept going, didn't it? Just just keep. can you imagine that in your mind's eye? Right? And 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 the 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 part of the string I'm holding, it You know, maybe this much. I've got some black tape on it. This much. Can you see that? The black tape on the string that goes down and around and around and around and around and around and out, right? Just imagine if that string is your life. And the black tape is your life here on earth. Do y'all see that? It's this much of your eternal life. Y'all see that? Some people are negligent with this and they mess up all of that. You see that? They mismanage this because you don't understand. This is the only physical part you got. The rest of it is spiritual. (laughs) you see that? But you got people who will mess up with, they'll mess up physically and by And by mismanaging or being slothful with this bit right here, they will jeopardize all of the eternal life. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Slothfulness can mess you up for, somebody say, eternity. Do y'all get that? And so one must be careful how they manage this little bit right here. What are you doing? Where are you putting yourself? How are you handling your spiritual maturity and spiritual growth? We got some folk who are physically grown and spiritually immature. Still on milk. Is that what the word of God says? Yes, sir. They have never graduated from milk to me. And they're putting themselves in a place where they are jeopardizing their spiritual good. All right. Does that make sense? Mm. And so, some people say that that slothfulness, uh, uh, slothfulness is 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 a, is a feeling of I don't care, I just don't care. Does that does that make sense? Some people have, have ever heard that. Some even as a kind of falling out of love with God and the things of God. And I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Do you hear what I'm saying? But on account of sloth, the idea. The idea of living right and the gift of a transformed humanity doesn't inspire joy. It inspires. Ew, I don't feel like doing all that. Okay. The idea of spiritual maturity and getting better and growing spiritually and having uh, patience, love, kindness joy. Did y'all hear what I'm saying? They was just talking about the peace that surpassed all understanding. When we start talking about those things, you got people who are like, you know, that sounds good, but it just sounds like it's just a little too much. I got to go to church every Sunday. I got to go to Bible study. I got to read my Bible every night. I got to not go to the club. You mean I can't gossip? You know, you mean that, you mean that I got to start listening to hymns and, and that churchy music? And so to them, living a transcendent life that is that is spiritually beneficial. I don't know how I feel about that. That's a little bit too much for me. Do you hear me? I don't know if I feel like getting involved in this church thing because it sounds like it's going to take me a little too far away from what I'm used to doing or what I'm comfortable doing. I think I like my life just the way it is. And so you've got to take sloth to the next level. It's not just about standing still. It's about standing still because you don't feel like doing what it would take to get over there. Too many steps. Too, too, too much to understand. Too much to learn. And I'm about to bring, this, I'm about to bring all, of this, all of this home. Because there are some people who look at what it takes to live a transformed life. And they are literally disgusted by what us who go to church do. They're disgusted by it. Does that make sense? I mean, they avoid what we do like the plague. I ain't going to church. I ain't going to drive down that. I ain't going to look that way. Matter of fact, I'm going, there are some people who, who make themselves persecutors of Christians not because they have a reason or a right to persecute Christians, but in their minds, they are making up for what they see as an evil in our society. Why are you putting people through all that? Why are you making people do all that? That's too, it's too much work. And because I don't want to do it, I could be convicted of being slothful. Is that making sense to somebody? All right. Now, by sloth, many experience sorrow, not joy or zeal in following God and receiving a transformed human life. Rather, they are distressed at the prospect of what might have to occur should they embrace the faith more deeply. So they're sitting there and they're, they're sitting on the couch and they're looking, they're, they're gazing at what they want their life to be. And the problem is, is that it looks like I would rather stay on this couch than to do what it takes to get up, get myself together and move forward in my life. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's messy, isn't it? But there's a lot of people that do this. And like I said, I'm going to take this thing to another level because here's something that I want us to I want us to get. There are many people who, again, think that that slothfulness is lazy. People being still. But watch this. Slothful, it is an aversion or an avoidance of work that could bless or benefit you spiritually. Watch what some people do. There are people who are workaholics who are slothful. said yes, how does that pass? I don't get that. In other words, God has assigned a man to work or to be a father or to take care of his household, right? But rather than Go home and be a father. There are some men who rather be a provider than a father. Because providing is easier than being a father. So rather than be a father, they'll be busy at work to avoid doing the work at home. Does that make sense? (laughs) That's taking to another level, isn't it? Because slothfulness isn't lazy, just being still, not doing nothing. It's an avoidance. I got to get this. It's an avoidance of doing what it takes to benefit oneself spiritually. That's when you're looking at something and you see, man, God wants to bless me, but I'm going to avoid that and go find something else to do. Because in doing this, it keeps me from doing what I really need to be doing. What I really should be doing, what God really wants me to do. All right, God called me to preach. All right, but what I'll do is—is is I'll be a good deacon, right? To avoid that because I don't feel like going through all that. I'm scared. Right? I want to stand up in front of people. I don't know how to speak. I don't know how to do all that. Okay. I don't, don't want to do that. So you've got people who are finding all kinds of other things to do to avoid doing what God has called them to do. Do I have any witnesses here? Y'all know what I'm saying? Amen. We don't even talk about being slothful. You want to talk about slothful when you identify that somebody God has called them to do something. And rather than do it because it's too much work, they go find and they'll do everything else. They'll vacuum the church. They'll clean the pulpit, but they won't stand at it. Right. They'll find all kind of other stuff to do than to do what God has called them to do because now that's slothfulness. It's not laziness. Slothfulness is, y'all get it? Avoiding the work that it takes to do whatever you need to do to benefit oneself spiritually. All right? Now here's, let's go back to uh, uh, Matthew 25 real quick because here's here's what I like about this scripture. If you look down at verse... uh, at verse 15 the Bible says to one he gave five talents of money to another two talents and to another one talent each I like this each what according to his ability and so here's where the rubber meets the road for people who are slothful when God is calling one a, a person to do something he's not calling you to do it Without giving you the preparation for being able to do it, right? Amen. He's going to equip you to make it happen. Is that right? Is that what he told Moses? What did he say? I can't do this. I can't do that. I, 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 I stutter. Or, I can't speak. I got a list. Whatever he said he had, right? And the Lord said, I got that. Mm-hmm. You just do what I told you to do. Amen. And so one could argue that he was being slothful in that moment. Because he was like, oh, no, I'll do this and I'll go over here and I'll do this, but I'm not going to stand up for the people because I don't have what it takes. And the Lord had to tell him, no, wait a minute. If I'm calling you, then I'm big enough to enable you and then to empower you to do what I've called you to do. So if God called you to get an education, don't sit back and think because you don't have a GED, you can't move forward. That means God says, I've given you what it takes to get the GED, get the associate's, get the bachelor's, get the master's, get the PhD. All you got to do is get up off the couch. And take the first step. I'll take the next one. Right. So he's so the word says he gave them according to their ability. All right. Now, I don't know about nobody else. But if God calls me to do something, it is not my responsibility to look at the person next to me and say, well, what God call you to do? That's none of my business. (laughs) Do you hear me? (laughs) It ain't not my business. It ain't my responsibility to go to what God, God called you do? What he called you do, Right? Or to say, well, why he called me and asked me to go do this, and then all he called you to do is to do that. Why couldn't I get one of those kind of gifts? Or one of those kind of calls, right? Am I missing it? Why why couldn't I get why could he give me the, you know, one of them, one of them million dollar calls? Why I got to have this. You know, this $2 call over here. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? And so some of us are are slothful, not just because we're slothful. We're slothful because we're angry because God didn't give us what he gave somebody else. Just be honest about that. That's the truth. I'm just throwing it out for free. And the Bible says it will make you free if you just tell it. Some people are slothful because they're angry because, God, you have called me to do something that I think is beneath me. I can do more than this, God. I'm capable of doing more than this, God. And so rather than be angry and and argue with you, God, I'm just going to sit here. And waste. Anybody ever seen somebody waste away a whole life? You looked at them, all the potential. Everybody knows it. I know folk from, college, from high school. Everybody knew they were bright. Everybody knew they were smart. Everybody knew they had a great future. And something went wrong. And you look at them today and you go, oh my God. I look at some them; they look twice their age. Like, what happened? God had given them the gift according to their ability. And somewhere along the line, there was a shift. So, so I like this because it helps us to understand that that that, that 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 what God has called you to do and what God has called me to do and what God has called you to do and 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 you and you to do is gonna be different. It's according to your ability. And it's not my responsibility to, to to measure or to 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 judge or to right evaluate. It's not our responsibility. What are we supposed to do? Use it. Do it. Move it. Start it. Stop it. Build it. Tear it down. Rebuild it. We're supposed to do with the giftings that God has given all of us on the level that God has given it to us, right? I was looking at uh, 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 a video just yesterday. And uh, (laughs) in the video, they had uh, this guy, he was dressed up like he was Homeless. He didn't look really, really, really homeless, but he was sort of dressed up like he was homeless to some degree. And he would walk into restaurants, pizza restaurants. He would walk in the pizza restaurant and he would walk up to somebody and say, you know, I'm really hungry. And they, he would notice that they had plenty of pieces of pizza. So I noticed, uh he said, I'm very hungry. I noticed you have some slices of pizza. Can I have a slice of pizza? Right? And so they showed a couple of uh, the a couple of the exchanges and they blurred their faces out, and the people say, No, no, I ain't giving you none of my pizza. And he said, Okay, so he walk away, and then they show him going to somebody else who has plenty of pizza, and he said, You know, I'm really hungry. Can I have a slice of pizza? The person says, No, no, you cannot have a slice of my pizza. Go away. And he goes away. And here's what they did. Then then the researchers took a box. A, a, a full pizza box and they took that and they went out on the street and they found a homeless person on the street and they gave the homeless person They said, do, would you like, uh he said, he said do, you, do you look hungry? Would you like a, a pizza? Homeless person says, yeah. <laughs> he takes the pizza, opens it up, sees that it's a real pizza. He sits there and he begins to eat the pizza. Before he's done with his pizza, that same guy that was dressed up like a homeless person walks up to him and says, you know, I'm really hungry. Can I have a slice of pizza? And guess what happens? He gives him a slice of pizza. Did y'all catch what's happening? What, what they were arguing there was is that sometimes the people who have don't give. And the people who don't give more. Y'all get that? Y'all get that? And so you've got people, That's why you can't get in that business of judging and comparing Right? That's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to be available to respond to the need. If you sit back and be slothful, okay, this person comes up to me and they're hungry and I got plenty of pizza, here you go. We talked about gluttony and we talked, one of the things we talked about with gluttony is, is that one way you know that your gluttonous is when stuff spoils in your hands. Right? So if you've got a refrigerator that you're cleaning out and you're throwing food away all the time, you've got a decision to make. Something wrong, right? There are people who are not responding to God's call based on the ability that they have. God gave you the ability. He sent the call to you. You're supposed to respond in a, in a way that's going to build you up spiritually. And we got people who have the ability who are not responding. And those who don't have the ability who are responding. What's wrong? Something wrong there. Something's wrong there. Okay, you all hear what I'm saying? Oh, my. Y'all get me started here or God's get me started. Somebody get me started. I don't know who. But so so I like this because what it helps us to understand is that everybody is not going to be called to get up off the couch and do the same thing. And it's not our role and responsibility to compare what God called this person to do, what God called that person to do, what God called me to do. It's according to our own abilities. Does that make sense? All right. And, 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 so let me, uh, let me, uh, let me move on to another, uh, another, uh, verse 20, another key word I want to pull out. The Bible says the man who had received the five talents brought the other five, uh, brought the other five master. He said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have what gained five more. The key word I want us to pick up on uh, right there is the word "gained." All right, God puts us through the meal in order for us to come out better on the other side, right? We always say that uh, "I shall come forth." I shall come forth as what? Pure gold, right? We we, we hear it all the time, being put into the fire, right? So we can be purified, put into the fire. God does not put you in the fire just to be putting you in the fire. Right? I know there's some folk, did you know some folk in your family, even some folks in here right now you've been in some situations, you've been like, why God, why God, why God? But the truth is, is that God, if he puts you in it, he puts you in it in order for you to become better when you come out. Does that make sense? And that requires some things to be in you to be able to withstand the situation that you're in i was uh doing a an example just earlier today with a young lady and we were talking about you know if you can imagine uh if you're looking at me right now and you can imagine there's a uh a chart you know how it has the x-axis and the y-axis y'all know that from school and you know you got this and then you always have the lines and all that kind of stuff they kind of go this way y'all find? i'm doing it backwards so hopefully y'all can see this Okay, I know. I you're looking at me like, no, I don't see this. <laughs> but y'all, y'all work with me. So you got, you got this, you got this, uh, this, this, this chart, and it has the lines that, that tell you, you know, sometimes it's the stock market or whatever. And what I was showing her is that, is that, is that if you put a man and a woman on that chart, right, and they're in a relationship, and the goal is that over time you want the commitment level to go up. Over time. Right. And so so there's this, there's this research that was done to determine what happens to commitment level between a man and a woman if they move in together. Cohabitate, shack up. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't play. All right. Here's the here's the man. Here's the woman. What happens is her when they move in together, her commitment goes like this. His commitment kind of goes like this. And so it's, now they got this thing. So there's a major gap there, isn't there? This is gap, all right? They moved in together. Her commitment got up here. His is right here. It's like, what in the world, right? And so it's just like when we were talking about uh, envy and not measuring up. When there's a void, that void means something. That void, that something happens in the void. And what I, want you to, what, you, what, what I want you to get is is that when they move in together and it goes like this, Right? Now they're living with a void. His commitment level is way down here. Hers is way up here. And there's this big gap. What happens? That's where frustration is. That's where misunderstandings are. That's where and then it gets more and more complicated if They have a child out of wedlock. Right. And it's more complicated if there's other children in in the mix. Now they're living together but there's other children in the mix and it's out of the wedlock and then now she's trying to go to school and he's trying he just lost his job. And so because of that gap, frustration all up in there. Do y'all follow what I'm saying? And all of that anger and misunderstanding and frustration and all that, it creates more problems than than it solves. And then what happens is, is that then he proposes And when she says yes, then his commitment level actually goes up to meet hers. The problem is, is that all of this stuff way back here, when the commitment level was off, is still there. It still got to be dealt with. We still got to deal with all of this madness. Right. Does that make sense? And so we've got too many people that are creating when they're not doing what God has called them to do. There's this void. And in that void is frustration. Because God has called you to do something. And you haven't committed yourself to doing it. And so while you're still living, you're not going to die. The Bible didn't say, you, the Bible didn't say when, when they ate the fruit, they would die. It said they would surely die. You're still going to live, but you're going to live frustrated. You're going to live angry because you're sitting here not doing what God has called you to do. Not exercising your gifts, not exercising your talents not exercising your ability, not using your resources properly, not using the relationships God has placed in your life properly, not praying, not fasting, not doing the Bible piece, not reading your word, not fellowshipping with the saints. If you're not doing what God has called you to do with the resources that God has given you, you'll be sitting on the couch watching everybody pass you by in the gap frustrated and trying to figure out how come I'm not getting anywhere. Because bottom line, this word says That the man took his talents and gained. God wants you to gain. He doesn't want you to go backwards. He doesn't put you in it. All right. To go down. He puts you in it to go up. He puts you in it to be a blessing and to be blessed and to move forward, not to move backwards. He gave Jonah a challenge. Right. Says go to Nineveh. Nineveh was a challenge for him. Was it not? But the challenge wasn't for Jonah to go down. Jonah decided to go down. God says, I'm doing something in your life and I want you to use this experience to build on. So you can go up higher to gain, to grow, right? And so where, yes, 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 you could argue that Jonah's life ended up better after he, after God spoke to him a second time, the Bible says, The Lord came to him a second time. And yeah, you could argue that what Jonah had been through helped him to really be zealous the second time. We could argue that. I ain't mad at you if you argue that. But you've got to admit the fact that Jonah went down in down. Uh, to Joppa. He went down and paid the fare. He went down into the ship and went down into the hull, and eventually ended up down in the water. The Bible says where the the bars of Hades was over him and some people said that, that he had seaweed wrapped around his neck. All of that was not God. That was Jonah. Jonah did that. So don't blame on God what you should blame on yourself right when God gave him the instructions he gave Jonah the instructions because he knew that Jonah was the man for the job said he was qualified he was ready he was prepared Job I'm not going to you know have you considered my servant Job have you considered my servant Lane what would you do if God said that to you and you're not ready to go wait a minute Lord now that. Now. You know, I'm quite fine where I am. <laughs> what are you going to do? Are you going to think about the scripture and say, well, you know, when the Lord calls me into something that's challenging nine times out of 10, he's going to do that. Excuse me, 10 times out of 10, the Lord is going to do that because he wants me to gain something. Are you going to think that? Or are you going to be like, nah, I see the football game. game come on. And I just don't know. If that's what uh, you know, I need to go and ask somebody if this is the voice of the Lord. How did, let me get a book and let me read a book. Sometimes we get books bigger than the Bible. Read through that whole book bigger than the Bible to find out what the Bible is saying to us about what. Right. Are we going to believe what the word of God says? Or are we going to go ask, you know, Ayanna Von Zahn fix my life? Right. What are we going to do? Or live vicariously through somebody on a soap opera. See what they did. Go back and watch the Cosby rerun. See what they did. I don't know. When God is clearly saying to you, I am giving you this challenge because you, uh, number one, you have the ability and number two, I want you to gain something from this. I want you to come become better. I'm just asking, what do you think? What do you do? Do you move forward or do you stand there in a quandary? Well, Lord, let me see. I... Uh, I don't know about this Lord y'all hear what I'm saying y'all, y'all can act like you don't but you hear what I'm saying and because here, cause, cause the truth is all of us are like the, the, man, the third man the third man all of us are like the third man that was given the lowest, the, uh, the lowest number of tents, the one talent verse 25 says what verse 25 read the first few words what does it say all of us are like this what does it say First 25 first few words anybody verse 25 Boom, that's all I'm just saying. It says, I was afraid. Anybody ever been afraid to move forward? Especially when you can't see the ground. Turn the lights off and try to walk through the house. You don't walk through the house the same way when the lights are off. Because you're afraid you're going to step on something or you're going to stub your toe or you're going to run into something. So you step what we call lightly. Right? Why? Because you're afraid that something unexpected might happen I'm just saying I know y'all hear what I'm I know y'all with me because we see this stuff all the time we see people who God is calling and he has equipped and he has given them the ability and he's given them the resources to do something and they're not doing it why just be honest because you're scared you're afraid OK, now this word says he was afraid because of what he knew. But what we really understand is, is he wasn't afraid of what he knew. He was really afraid of what he did not know. Yes. And that's where most of us are in slothfulness. We're not moving forward, not because of what we know. We're not moving forward because of what we don't know. We don't know what's around the corner. We don't know what's next. We don't know if the pink slip is going to come. Right. We don't know if our health is going to hold up. We don't know if somebody else in our family is going to go down and we got to step up. We don't know. We have no idea. And it's because of what we don't know that can paralyze some folk. It can stop folks in their tracks not because of what I know but because of what I don't know in my own life but the problem that we have with slothfulness and with not moving forward and being afraid to do the extra work that it takes to, to grow spiritually the problem with that is is that God is the one who does know right and when life breaks down it is not our responsibility to sit there broke looking at each other saying, can you fix me? Can you fix me? Can you fix me? Right? What do we do? I, always, I got a Hoover. I got a Hoover vacuum. Everybody, you know, the Hoover vacuum. Y'all with me? Y'all visualize. I know. I'm using a lot of examples today. But, you know, you got a Hoover vacuum, and if the Hoover vacuum breaks down and it's deeper than the belt, you know, the belt's easy. You see that? The thing comes off. It's on the floor. You see that. But sometimes a Hoover a Hoover vacuum can break and you can like, not know what's wrong with it. You're like, okay, I don't know what's going on. Like, mine is making noises now and I don't really know what's wrong with it. Now, now, now I've got two choices. All right? I can take that Hoover vacuum and I can set it in the closet, go get another Hoover vacuum and start all over and some of us, that's what we do. When life breaks down, we put That situation or that person in a room, shut the door, lock it. And we say we'll never deal with that again. Oh, I know I'm telling the truth. Right. You've got some people you don't want to see again because you have locked them away because they broke down. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Then you've got some people. Watch this. Who uh, uh, that when life breaks down, what they do is they take a screwdriver and they open things up. And and then they try to fix it and then they put it back together. They always got that one screw left over. And they don't quite get life back together. In other words, they they break the situation because they tried to do what? Fix it themselves. Right? They tried to fix it themselves. And then you've got people who do the right thing. They take the broken Hoover vacuum to the Hoover place to the people who know what to do with the vacuum the people who have the manuals the people who know how to open it up they got the parts they can replace the stuff that needs to be fixed they put it back together and they give it back to you and it's almost like new right we've got those kind of people or or at least people who are willing to open up the manuals and say you know what This is what's wrong with it so that they can at least articulate for themselves what's really going on in their lives. A lot of people are not moving forward simply because they are not going to the right person to help them out when life breaks. You don't go to the people around you. Broken people can't fix broken people. I can't fix you. I guess y'all can tell I have a problem with that TV show. Fix, Fix my life. I have a problem with that. Broken people can't fix broken people. We can edify each other. We can bear one another's burdens. But if you didn't create me and I didn't create you, I don't know what you really need. And nine times out of ten, you're not going to expose that to me anyway. And so you can remain stuck and you can remain stuck and you can remain broke and you can remain broken. You can put yourself in a closet. You can lock yourself away from other relationships and other people and other opportunities and other things that God says. I have put that in your life so you can become better. And you dug a hole and put it in the ground because you were scared. Am I in the Bible? You dug a hole and you put your opportunities in the ground. And you said I did it. Because I was afraid. And that's a genuine response. A lot of people are afraid. But last time I checked, the word says, the word tells, tells us that we are not given the spirit of fear. Amen. But of what? Of power. And of love. And of a sound mind. The way I see that, and I'll close this out. The way I see that today for a slothful person is, is that God has given you the power To do whatever he calls you to do, meaning that if he say pick it up, it might be hard, it might be heavy, you might have to scream "Ah!" to get it, but he will give you, yes ma'am, the strength to pick it up. Even somebody says, even when he tells you to go push against a rock or a boulder that looks like it ain't moving. Somebody said, the longer you push against that rock, you begin to look at yourself and see muscles. You're getting stronger, even when the rock ain't moving. All right. But he also gives you not just power. He said he gives you love. He says, you can't just have power just for the sake of having power. He said, you got to put that power under control. Love, Amen. right? Because you give some people somebody. Somebody said that 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 uh, that uh, that um, what is it? How, do you, how does it go? Um, shoot, I can't remember. But the point is, is that when you give some people too much power? Oh uh, yeah, they say um, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Now that's messed up. When the Lord says you do not have the spirit of fear, but you have power. Whoa. Because absolute power corrupts absolutely. We got to do something with that power. We'll put it under love. Okay, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, I get it. Right? Now I get it. I got power, but I can't use power to hurt people. I got to use my power to love people. I get it now. And then the last thing he says is, is that he says he gives you the power and a love and he gives you a sound mind. He says, I'm not going to put you in something that at the end of the day won't make sense. Trust me, after God tests you, he will give you a testimony that other people will go, "Mm, I get that. Oh, my. Right. How does it edify the body? It edifies the body because it makes sense. When you put when you put the God element in it, it makes sense. You try to rationalize it out. No, it don't make sense to you. You mean, God, I mean, what? You're going to put me through all of that. You're going to take me through all of this. And then on the, other, on the other hand, I'm supposed to be happy about that. Yep. That don't make sense until you put God in it. And then it starts making all the sense in the world. So we're trying to get the slothful person to understand that if God put something in front of you and he wants you to benefit from it, he wants you to grow from it. He wants you to mature from it and to progress from it and to become better from it and to have a testimony from it. If he has put you there, you cannot look at what God has put 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 in front of you as that's just too much work. Uh, that's just too much work. God. I'm sorry. That's just too much. I, I don't have time for that. I, I have to give up too much. I have to unfriend people. You know, I have to let some people go. I gotta stop cussing and fussing. I gotta stop, you know, I gotta I gotta go back and, and do some things that, that, that I had given up on 20 years ago. You mean to tell me I gotta go back and do that? Oh God, that's just too much. No, 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 wait a minute. If God calls you to it, He's big enough to get you through it. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. So slothful. I want us to get that, and I think I'm done. I just want us to understand slothful is not lazy, slothful is an avoidance of the work and the responsibility to do what God has called you to do that will benefit you spiritually. So start thinking about it. What has God called me to do? How do I look at what God has called me to do? Do I look at it and, and are there things in my life that I look at and I say, man, I could read my Bible, but I just, I just, I just, I'm just tired. I just don't feel like it. Well, God says you're being slothful because doing that can benefit you spiritually. Lord, I, I, I just, I know I need to go to church, but I, I just, I, I, I got to get I gotta get dressed, got to get in the shower. It's just too much, just too much, Lord. And he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um, one, one other thing. I'm sorry. What time is it? What time is it? Oh, Lord, I'm over time. But I'm going to hit this one other thing here. I'm going to hit one other thing and I'm going to leave you all alone. Uh, uh, and that is the one thing that I want us to get and, and I'm done is that is that it's, it's easy for people to get confused with sloth. And the reason why is because we are living in a microwave society. Right. We're living in a fast pace. Everything has to be done like this. Right. And so in in this society that we live in, we have to be careful how we look at fast as good and slow as bad. Right. I mean, I do. And when I'm in my car, I don't want to be in the slow lane. When I know I'm trying to get somewhere, typically I'm in the lane which is moving forward. And if somebody's in the way, I'm like, move. I want to delete them like I do on my keyboard and my computer. Delete you and move you out of the way because they're not moving fast enough. But we have to be careful how we look at slow because church, for some people, is seen as slow. Prayer is seen as slow. Reading your Bible is seen as boring. You get me? Prayer time and meditation time is seen as boring. Why? Because it ain't fast enough. Okay, so we have to understand you must be careful that we are not looking at 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 peace and at at slowing down and paying attention to what God is saying to us and having quiet time in in our closets with the Lord. Yes, that is slow, but that is valuable time. Okay, and so nobody is saying that we got to get up and rush, 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 rush. And that slow stuff is bad, but we're living in a society today that looks at what y'all are doing right now is y'all boring. Because it's not pop, 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 it's not moving, 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 moving. Ain't enough activity moving on. Y'all get me? This is valuable. This is edification. This is being built up and fortified so that when you go out there in the fast paced world, you can slow the world down to your speed. Right? Everybody going to be trying to get you to, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. I take my time. I listen twice, speak once. I take my time. Right. My mama knows that about me. I'll I'll, stuff be moving fast. I'll go. And I go. Right. Some places I go, everybody moving around. I'll stand still, you know, because there's value in taking your time and getting to understand where you are. And, and who you are and what God is sometimes. And I was doing so, uh, somebody sent me a text message. And I, in my mind, I immediately want to respond. And God said, Scoop. nope, take your time. Think about your response. Don't just shoot that back. Nope. Just wait. Yeah, you can speak back to them in an instant. But God says, Nope. take your time. You get me So just because the world is fast. And the world sees that as, as good. Doesn't mean that what we do when we're in prayer time and when we're reading our scriptures and when we're meditating and when we're at church and Bible study and whatnot, is all of a sudden boring and bad. And then that puts people into a place where boring equals sloth. Well, I ain't doing that because it's boring. No, it's beneficial. OK, and so we have to juxtapose the beneficial from what isn't beneficial when we move moving too fast in our lives. All right. Put your hands together for the Lord today. Amen. I hope that was beneficial to somebody and I may come back and talk a little bit about next week and talk just a little bit about uh, secularism and relativism and whatnot, because I think that might be a blessing to somebody as well. Uh, um, That's fine. Um, If anybody has uh, any questions or whatnot. Uh, you know obviously y'all can always hit me hit me up or or stop me because I'll be here for a few more minutes before I head to my next meeting but obviously I want to thank y'all for joining with me today and being here and being so faithful so faithful y'all are so faithful you know I want to thank y'all for that and uh, y'all just keep praying for us show enough we are working towards a baptism in a couple weeks we got two little ones we're going to baptize praise God for them and so uh, we're excited about that And uh, so y'all just keep praying for us as we continue to try to do what God has called us to do and just get out of his way, you know, and be available to him. Is that all right? Amen. Deacon Lane, can you close us out in prayer today?
1: Plus